All right. Uh, oh, God. That's we it. We're just going to go. Just raw dog. Yeah. Just rip it. Hell money. Motherfucking it. podcast. All right. We're back. All right. It's All been right. a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> We've uh, lived many lifetimes <laughs> since the last podcast. Uh, I feel like I've aged, episode. you know, like 2008 versus like 2012 Obama. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not looking good. I'm not at my youthful self, my pre ordinals. Yeah. yeah like, they're going to. Yeah. Yeah. We no. hate to see him like this. No, yeah. just kidding. You're. <laughs> you just kidding uh. uh um yeah but we're joined two guests yep matt and bethany from the aquarian conspiracy yeah my co-conspirators she's in a astrological so, and esoteric knowledge around bitcoin the venn diagram that's going on is they are aquarian aquarian co-conspirators yeah mm-hmm. and i'm i guess i'm like the interviewer you know I'm yeah like, hey. it's actually nice the focus is off of you well, i love it i love it it's incredible <laughs> you can be the man so, behind yeah, the curtain this aquarian conspiracy thing what's uh yeah do you guys want to yeah what, what are we here to do today yeah you guys we're here to put forth a thesis okay mm. a claim about the intersection between bitcoin and the astrological ages Okay, so Bitcoin. We've talked about this a little bit already. Uh, I think we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I've actually stolen Matt's idea without like crediting right. you by you name. You mentioned it, <clears throat> but I, I think um, we're just gonna kind of like workshop the idea. So it's a pretty wingnut idea. No, you're gonna. Tell I mean, us you say that, that but you also have like literally pages we have of slides, notes. Right? No, no, no. Like, just, we wanna, I want to be. I want it to be presented to us okay. like it's literally true, and okay. that and that okay. if we don't believe it. We're the crazy ones. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. 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 We yeah. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you guys just want to fucking launch into it? I Let's mean, I feel like you have so much. <sighs> yeah, we do have so much. <laughs> um, you so want me to start? Should we start? Yeah. Should we start with uh, the... Uh, some well, background what, context. What is an astrological age? Yeah. Background context on an astrological age, which you have talked about before. You've For talked sure. about the age of Aquarius. We all have some context that's like pre pre-reading pre-listening kind of but i also realized recently when looking at our youtube analytics that our audience is 98 percent male oh mm. so in terms of knowledge about the astrological age mm. i would expect lower that was pretty than average a little okay. problematic but that's okay <laughs> 90 98 it's not is it dead center at 98 has it been going up or down Are we it's getting... been staying exactly the same it's my bump wow it, bump i literally down. for a while i was looking yeah. at it i was like i think i know all like six women that watch our <laughs> podcast you can name them count them on one hand but yeah anyway i say that to say like our audience is is i feel like a lot skews, of bitcoin skews low astrological but they like sensitivity astral. like i think people enjoy right now i mean we've weeded out yeah exactly. all the ones <laughs> well, I, I think that was kind of the um the impetus for the aquarian conspiracy was yeah uh, you know, who likes astrology and who likes Bitcoin and is there a way to bring them together in a way that's the natural, synthesis. not forced. Yeah. Right. A shared culture. Um, we're starting off with this, uh, this picture of a spinning top, a gyroscope. So there's some mm. like, you know, n- mathematical aspects to this. Mm. We can draw in, um, the, you know, natural autism of males. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's the natural, the in- yeah. <laughs> inborn <laughs> autism. <laughs> you know, the male brain is very, uh, autistic. <laughs> More autistic you are, the more male you are. <laughs> Facts, yeah. So yeah, the gy- wait. Explain the gyroscope. Well, so is this okay, just a diagram so, to explain precession. Yes. <laughs> Why is it is called precessional? Intro. Precession. So okay, yeah. This um, this launch is great. That's a great question. Thanks, Casey. You're welcome. So- <laughs> You're welcome, Bethany. <laughs> God, I love that shirt. <laughs> so, astrological ages. 
are defined by uh, what's known as the precession of the equinoxes. The and essentially and equinoxes the 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 two times a year when the days are the equal. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So there's yep. the vernal equinox, which the is the day sp- for the listeners who don't know are 98 percent autistic male. <laughs> no. <audience. laughs> the equinox is when it's 12 hours of sun and 12 hours of well, light. Well, if you're at the equator, yeah. At the equator, yeah. I mean, who's the autist now? That's exactly. <laughs> That's the and it happens twice a year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. so it's the vernal equinox is the spring equinox, and then autumnal equinox is fall. And on the day of the vernal equinox, there is a sign that is rising on the horizon. So on the spring equinox, March 20th, that is the beginning of Aries season, but the, sun, the s- s- zodiac that is rising is Pisces. So, and, and in the Zodiac wheel, that's going backwards. Mm. So it's a precession, not pro No, I don't understand that word precession. Like I still don't get it. Pre versus post. Like Pisces is before Aries. So it's processional relative to Aries, which is when the equinox is. Why wouldn't you just say precedes Aries? Sure. Whatever. I don't know. Fun word. You love words. How are you going <laughs> to complain about words? Should Listen. we, uh, Go to the next slide for opening in. I ask a lot okay, of questions. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's okay. Okay, this is a quote from the Wikipedia entry about axial precession. Nice. <laughs> uh, Cited source. Precessional movement of Earth. This is a diagram that illustrates that. Earth rotates once a day around its rotational axis, which is the red arrows. This axis itself rotates slowly, the white circle, completing a rotation in approximately twenty six thousand years. And so in relation to astrology, 26,000 years, um, a full rotation of the Earth, uh, the axis rotating around itself, that's known as the great year in astrology terms. Oh, and oh, it can takes you go back to the the one slide before because now that makes so much more sense. I yeah. see. So the Earth is rotating and that's the like spinning of the the up and down circle yeah and then the larger spinning of the top is the procession the the rotation of the yes. equinox yes the, the procession of like the pole i see wow that's beautiful wait can we go back to the next slide yeah 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 okay so so then that's imagine that as the, the gyroscope the top rotation is the oh wow and it takes twenty six thousand years yeah. right wow and it's called the long year the great year the great year that's sick. or the cosmic year mm. Yeah, yeah. There are a few different terms. And in also uh, mapping this, mapping 26,000 years onto the 12 signs of the zodiac, it takes roughly 2,500 years to move through a single sign. And so. Oh, wait. That's, that's like 26,000 divided by 12, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so uh, when you are. Now we have been in the age of Pisces. Um, it is considered that uh, zero AD, so at the birth of Christ, was the beginning of age of Pisces. And it has been about 2,000 years since the birth of Christ. So the idea is that we are entering into a new astrological age. And because it's a precession, the s- sign that is before Pisces is Aquarius. So we're on the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Mm. And we've definitely talked about that a lot on How Money Podcast at this point. I'm always talking about Age of Aquarius vibes up in here. And um, there's some controversy around when the Age of Aquarius actually starts, right? Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I kind of don't understand why there's controversy. Like, why isn't there some (laughs) fixed, nice, clean, you know, autistic, like, starting Well, 26,000 years divided by 12 could be uh, 
you know, give you the nice clean. Yeah. Like this is when the last age ends. This is when the last age starts simply by counting years. Mm. But the astrologers have some ideas of, uh, well, it's more of a trend. There's more of a transitional period and there are certain, uh, I mean, I can't really speak to this, but events or markers or transits that mark the actual entry into the age. Or would you say that there's never an entry? We're simply in a, in transitional periods. And then once we get into the middle of an age, we're kind of very clearly in that. Um, but maybe that's the, yeah, my understanding is like, it's kind of dependent on how you calculate it. Like if you do it astronomically, astronomy doesn't care about the 30 degree slices of the zodiac they care about like the literal boundaries of the constellations which are not equal which are not equal and are not exactly 30 percent and they're actually not even aligned with the constellations that's a whole other story (laughs) but uh so if you do it by the 30 degree slices like you can do it like it's just there's different ways to calculate it basically and there's a little bit of a wobble like is my understanding of like the actual procession itself like it's not like a clean like linear progression through so you kind of have like a i don't know i think of it as like a one to two hundred year like buffer where it's like you're in a transition between the two things but there's controversy for sure i don't know Bethany, what do you think and it's i think it has to do with the fact that there was no precise data collection in ancient civilizations and it's um things where a lot of astrologers will say like the data collection was through the myth and the storytelling Mm. which can be imprecise And, um, but what astrologers will do from that is they'll extrapolate from myths and they'll extrapolate from art history and history of architecture. They'll look at, um, certain cultural movements, um, and they'll look, they'll analyze the architecture and the, the megalithic architecture in particular as, um, as these markers of the astrological ages, they'll look at the sort of themes that these civilizations were, uh, the zeitgeist of these civilizations and they can map those uh collective consciousness spirit of the times you can map that to the different astral you can map that to the zodiac and so you can sort of map the astrological ages so for example it's all very abstract but for example the age of um the age of taurus which would have been this diagram is a little bit wonky because the uh, zodiac wheel is flipped; it's mirrored because it's a precession. Um, but the age of Taurus, which is this green um, Taurus glyph in forty four thousand BC, um, Taurus is a sign of uh, it's a sign of the bull. It's a sign of like communing with the earth. It's a sign of agriculture and uh, value value of the earth. And so the age of Taurus. Um, there's one, maybe we can, I don't know if I should skip all the way to these slides, but there's um, Gobekli Tepe is a megalithic structure that has a lot of bulls inscribed onto the, onto the stones. Inscribed. <laughs> Casey's triggered. <laughs> can you explain uh, what you mean by megalithic structure for those that may be unfamiliar with the spurged out term? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's going to be part of our, our thesis. I think maybe we should re- rewind a little bit though. And I'd like to dig into a little bit more about what you mean by the great year is divided into 12 zodiacs mm-hmm. and so those zodiacs have a bearing on each age right and so that's what we're kind of we're kind of getting at um and we'll get at to like how we kind of see how that zeitgeist has been expressed for a very ancient age um but in general it's like that sign has a bearing is expressed is like revealed or just kind of determines i guess the civilization of that age i'm kind of wondering from the astrologers 
like um chicken and egg situation in my opinion okay but it, it, it sort of it can be used to to think about the zeitgeist of that age totally. is that correct? Yeah. because we're talking about a 2000 year period so it's not a single generation it's not even a single civilization but a whole arc mm-hmm. okay it's like a civilizational arc yeah for and, sure and um i'm wondering if uh before we get into like the discussion of the structures that emerge from these ages you had a thesis about dividing uh the great year uh further or rather more coarsely into two cycles into two halves i was wondering if you could you could talk about that yeah so i'm thinking about we're here on the precipice of the age of aquarius right and aquarius is the zodiac sign of the collective of networks decentralization it is the mesh rhizomatic uh, vibe mm. very much about uh, Aquarius also rules traditionally the 11th house which is a house of communities and networks and friends acquaintances and so what is directly opposite of oh. <laughs> 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 we went too far <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> can't give it away yet um, directly opposite of Aquarius we have Leo which, hap- which happened when was that 10,800 years ago Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10,800 years ago. And so Leo is diametrically opposed to Aquarius. Leo is the sign of the individual, the ego, the I. So you have I and then you have we. And my my theory is that the age of Leo, everything preceding Leo, so Virgo into Capricorn, was a time when all of us were um, like telepathically connected. And potentially we were all, we could all speak the same language. We were all communicating constantly with each other and like able to read each other's thoughts, very connected and in tune with one another. And then at the age of Leo, when you break into this like um, individual centered sign, the age of Leo is when it was sort of like the Tower of Babylon, when all language dissipated, disintegrated and became, and there, and different, and we all became different. We individuated from each other. And so then this, this next cycle going back now from the age of Leo through Cancer, Gemini, Taurus, Aries, Pisces into the age of Aquarius. Now we're finding, we're coalescing uh, at the age of Aquarius. We're coalescing back into the perfect network. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and, uh, <laughs> the, he's like, sure. Why not? <laughs> Well, from the, I mean, I just, I just like splitting that roughly into two halves where on the, this half that we are exiting was the age of, um, the most like the, the development of the individual as a material being. And now we're going into the development of the individual, um, as a node in a network, not necessarily a material network, but, uh, I'm also wondering if the, the astronomer and geologist can speak to, um, what was happening 10,500 years ago. As I mean, we exited that age of Leo. Yeah, I mean, I have so many thoughts on the everything you guys have said. Like, cataclysmic so far. transition and yeah. the origin of of our eras. Well, I think this is like such an interesting like component of like the myth making of our current time. Is so like so, Casey. The beginning of the age of Leo, ten thousand eight hundred BCE, was when the Younger Dryas Impact happened. And what was the dun, Younger dun, Dryas dun. Impact. Younger Dryas Impact is like uh, Mexico, Yucatan. It is actually a comet that broke apart in the atmosphere, and so there were several impact sites, but over North America, roughly. Got it. And was that the one that took out like megafauna or dinosaurs? Megafauna. Or? Okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinosaurs was sixty-eight million years ago. Listen, so. let's edit that out. Let's edit that out. <laughs> I love like I love flexing my STEM knowledge on Casey because he like dropped out of high school, so I feel like you don't STEM know knowledge a lot on of the stuff. STEM brain. It's like. No, I'm sorry. I won't like. 
They're like, let me take this opportunity to just shit on Casey. No, I don't mean it. Okay, but the younger Dryas. She means every word. The younger Dryas impact was an only very recently accepted theory that's like actually very well accepted in geology now at this point in planetary science. But basically, it's, yeah, the giant comet impact that resulted or was coincidentally at, hard to say, the end of the last ice age. So it was a period of great warming. And it's kind of interesting that now we're entering into the age of Aquarius and we like have this like great warming myth again and like the mega flood, like the sea level rise stuff. Like there's really like so many directions you could go with this. But I think like, yeah, the idea of splitting like these two things into two halves is so interesting. I also think like, yeah, sorry to just keep like spurging out on these ideas, but like the idea of us like collecting telepathically again I think about that every time I scroll through the TikTok comments of a viral video where I'm just like holy shit I'm just watching people like it's not even like like the thought of typing out the comments that I see is like crazy to me it literally feels like I'm just tapping into like an intrusive thought network so basically like TikTok comments and like the internet and social media is all a return to the age of what like pre-Leo 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 yeah Yeah. when we all had one arc of to a collective consciousness like time. A, a Gaia like connection if you've read the foundation series the Gaia is the planet that is like conscious um, but also I, I would place a lot of our uh, apoc- or, uh, cataclysmic myths like uh, Noah the flood um, the Sumerian myths of the flood uh, the fall from Garden of Eden as emanating from that period when we lost that conscious connection we lost that um, universal consciousness and we spent the past 11,000 12,000 years um, trapped in our own bodies, trying to reinvent these ways to connect with each other. And now we're reaching the end of that cycle and we are approaching these incredible technologies that are still in like, uh, you know, a primordial state. It's going to take thousands of years to perfect. But we're seeing now the, the beginnings of that. Damn. Um, so anyway, we're gonna, and we're going to tie that a little to the material creations of the past uh, six, six astrological ages. Um, was there something about this slide to better illustrate procession? I included this graphic again to illustrate to illu- yeah illustrate procession again, and um, we have the vernal equinox. Eventually, what I want to say about to close the chapter on the procession of the equinox is that eventually the spring equinox will start on February twentieth instead of March twentieth every year, oh. and February twentieth is the beginning of Pisces season. So therefore, the sign that is rising on the horizon would be Aquarius, and that would be the official age of Aquarius. Um, and again, it's not precise because the data collection was imprecise over the last 6,000 years. Um, and so we don't have, uh, like mathematical or physical hard science ways of calculating this. Um, I will just put forth as my own deranged yeah, go for <laughs> theory it. is my birthday is on February 20th and every so that's year going to be the new, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, um, I remark every single year, no matter where I am, I've lived in the Midwest, in New York, and in New Mexico, it's always unseasonably warm, or at least it has been, I've noticed that, over the past maybe like 10 years. So I'll just leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Punxsutawney Phil has something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we mention what what marked the beginning of the age of Pisces? Year zero a- AD in our current birth calendar. Birth of Christ. The birth of and Christ. And I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before, but like, you know, age of Pisces was very much uh, religion as the opi- opiate of the masses. The hierarchical structure of the monotheistic religions was the dominant structure of the age of Pisces. And that's how we organized our lives, our morality, our civilizations, our consciousness was all organized around these like 
major religions. And I, I do feel like that is like Pisces inclination to just sort of dissolve into the ether kind of thing. Right. A very spiritual sign, a sign about belief over yeah. doubt the triumph of belief over doubt and yeah definitely about about monotheistic religions like there is one singular god there is maybe one messiah you know very monotheistic in nature whereas aquarius is like decentralized no gods no masters like you know rock and roll <laughs> here we get to wow okay here we fucking the thesis go. statement yeah okay uh-huh oh, okay and oh i see what he's saying all right all right all right all right all so, right, tell me about Pisces. So, <laughs> do, you, do you want to give a, a citation for these? No. I made this slide. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought it was a Santa. Me. I thought it was a bon, oh, Bonacci. Oh, Bonacci made the, made the connection for me. Yeah, Santos Bonacci, highly recommend. Mm. Uh, he's an astro-theologist. Yeah. A syncretist. Um, but essentially, this is like punchline number one, or this is like the thesis. So as we move from Pisces, the sign of believing in faith, into Aquarius, the sign of knowing. So what's happening in these quotes is all 12 zodiac signs have I statements. Aries is I am, Taurus is I have, Gemini is I know, etc., etc. into, or Gemini is, uh, I can't remember what that one is. Um, but it goes through all the zodiac signs. Each sign has an, has an I statement assigned to it. Aquarius is I know, Pisces is I believe. And so fr- going from the age of Pisces, I believe, to the age of Aquarius, I know, Going from trusting to verifying. Where does that sound familiar, anybody? <laughs> Any Bitcoin listeners? <laughs> Don't trust verify, bro. I love this. I mean, this is just like so ridiculous. Like when I saw Aaron it, is beaming. Yeah. Absolutely beaming. Bethany, didn't you say were you working on this on the plane and like the person next to you was like, What are you doing? Yep. Yep. <laughs> the person sitting behind me and across the aisle once we landed and we were deplaning and waiting for the for everybody to leave. She was like, What was that on your laptop screen? <laughs> What, what I like about this is it was like, we will only know the transitional, like in our lives, we'll only know this transition, this tension. Mm. Yeah. And this like captures the tension of the past, I guess, t- two years, if, if we mark uh, 2020 as the beginning of the age of Aquarius, but really the past maybe 50, 60 years is this uh, conflict between the, the Piscean morality and reverence uh, and desire for transcendence. And I believe to um, the tail end of the age of rationalism, the rise of rationality. And the rejection of this like blind faith and a seeking of something else, not necessarily material, but this in a, in a different way, I guess, a mathematical transcendence of verification. Uh, but we can just see this. This is just like, you know, a, a parody of like the past few years of like, I believe versus the I knowers, the experts yeah. versus the yeah, fuck you. Sure. I see it with my own eyes kind of people. Yeah, I feel like this graphic is like we got to make like merch or something out of this. Like it's just like literally it's perfect, you know, like the the trustless, like don't trust verify transition is so age of Pisces into age of Aquarius, like yep. leaving the fiat monetary system. I mean, but here, like, I mean, is this a good transition? Like, how do you know this is a that's positive? A great, transition? That's a great question. Is yeah. there a good? Is there is it bad? Can we assign these kind of like values? Yeah, because we've been in an age of Aquarius before. Right. And in, in like human history. Mm hmm. Um, How is it? Can we then? say one Seems age like is better great. better than the other? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, did they leave any remnants? We don't really know. But I don't know. Do you oh, have, do you have thoughts on this? Like to ascribe a kind of hierarchy to these ages? Like I think that's, that's a little antithetical to our cyclical view of time. Yeah, I I think that there's no real. I think that that's a very um, pro- progress oriented 
perspective to say that one has hierarchy over the other because in reality the cycle it is a cycle it's a it's a zodiac wheel and so it's really just rhythms it's not necessarily like one is better there there can't samsara we can't exit it's the fucking snake eating its own tail you know well but the thing is like you can find purpose in your like little role in it like being like me me, me. i'm a little character in the transition of the age of pisces to the age of aquarius how lucky am i i'm the luckiest girl in the what world. a time well, to be alive no, but that is where we're going with this like what is your purpose in each age totally how can you communicate beyond our life our civilization our age like that that is becomes a big question of each age to transcend it and so you know the piscean age was like what is the how can we perfect man it's like well the the example of christ is the most perfect man mm-hmm. in the age of Aquari- uh, Aries, it was like how can you be the most perfect like bloodthirsty warlord it's like right. build yeah, yeah, build yeah. a coliseum um no that's totally true yeah and, and for context casey the age of pisces was be- or the age of Aries was before the age of pisces if you think about like the caesar figure the roman emperors like that is like age of Aries. Aries mm. is like a a war driven mm. age of the conquerors yeah i mean you wearing your war t-shirt was yeah. like a very aries move nice. <laughs> that is very aries <laughs> anticipating aries but yeah. uh kind of building on our, our our cyclical like circular analogy in three dimensions it, it could be a spiral so as we're entering this this age of aquarius we can think like it's not necessarily going to be better than the age of pisces or good but is it better than the last age of aquarius have we ascended in like the sure. third dimension yeah mm. or descended or descended hard to say good question and i i guess the other thing that i would add too is that as you as you are trying to perfect and embody the astrological age because i do think that there is something i mean personally i do believe that there is like a divine intelligence that is that is working these things and we feel that we are tapped into that whether we are a part of that divine intelligence or we're just or like or we're projecting it or we're just experiencing it i do think that there's a reason why these megalithic superstructures either in the form of pyramids in the form of these temples should we give me a megalithic uh, structure definition (laughs) you're getting into kind of the second thesis but should we define what a megastructure is and what a megalithic structure is they're like no just to finish the thought just to finish the thought though (laughs) is that like it's our imperative because we can feel like we intuitively do feel these shifts and we intuitively do feel the astrological age that we are a part of and so therefore we express that through these megalithic superstructures right which can be which can be the pyramids right well uh is there a slide for this it just goes Climax so, number two. <laughs> so I mean, we're getting we're getting into like you know, fourteen-year-old uh, boy like history stuff. This is not anything groundbreaking. <laughs> uh, pyramids, walls, big stone things. But the fundamental question that we've been kind of like thinking through as we peer forward to the age of Aquarius is like, okay, what's going to be like the main thing? How do we express it? What's going to be uh, you know created through the age of Aquarius? And in thinking through that, we're kind of thinking, well, what has been created by the previous ages? What are the things that, how do we even know about the civilizations of previous ages? Uh, do we read their texts? Do we read their books? Do we have their papers? Do we see like their clothing? No, generally we have only remnants of the most uh, like massive or um, persistent structures. And how do they make something uh, persist through time to our age? Like say something from the age of Aries or even further back age of Taurus. It was whatever they concentrated all the energy of their civilization into creating 
so that it could last beyond their civilization. So I think our working like you know definition for a megastructure or you know a megalith is just simply something that lasts, persists like kind of a, in an indefinite way beyond the civilization that created it. So it's not their clothes, it's not even their language. Sometimes it's definitely not their whatever ephemera. It's not going to be like our MacBooks, mm-hmm. but the pyramids mm-hmm. uh, did that. The civilization that created that no longer no longer exists, and we what only know the, them. What was the age of the like pyramids? Like which astrological age is associated with the pyramids? Pisa? Depends on which Wikipedia page you read. Yeah, literally. That's why I asked. Like I asked the experts. You know. <laughs> I mean, I think we place it at the age of a after the age of Leo or around the age of Leo. Around age of Leo, yeah, age of Cancer. The Sphinx is looking at Leo, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. The water erosion thesis. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. He's like yeah. <laughs> muttering at the side. Yeah, of your yeah, mouth. yeah. Okay, sorry, not to derail. I just was wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, this is situated around Age of Leo slash Age of Cancer. Because, well, also, uh, no, I guess it would be Leo because these are pointing. These are oriented towards Sirius, the fixed star. Mm. The points. So are. this is the whole like, uh, you know, if you're trying to do like alternative history and like mm-hmm. predeter- like read rewrite. Oh, you be trying to do alternative? Yeah, history. yeah, yeah. We love alternative <laughs> history. This, the Aquarian conspiracy is all about alternative. I'm history. still trying to figure out what the conspiracy is. Is it a specific well, conspiracy? Like, are you going to kill well, somebody? So, or? What does conspire? What does conspiracy mean? Do you know, so con- conspiracy <laughs> uh-huh. means to breathe together we're okay. conspiring, conspiring. Right uh-huh. Uh-huh. so it's like it's just we're just breathing together. You're just we're, just, we're just a bunch of hot air <laughs> literally just okay, blowing okay. hot air. i thought there was gonna be a plot you know there, no, no, there is oh there is there's gonna be a plot there's you know, a plot plot is twenty six thousand years long yeah, yeah. it's gonna take a while to go through oh my god but then so, <laughs> but like the way that you can like date like uh mega structures of the past using like alternative history astrological concepts is like see what they're oriented towards because like if you mm. wanted to like like you know you don't think like they would just make the pyramids in some random orientation do you yes like you know they they want That's the sphinx totally consistent with my worldview they want the sphinx to be looking at something significant so like you can trace back like mega structures and especially like if there are mega structures from civilizations that are pointed in different directions like over time you can mm. kind of use that to track like the eight and then you can line that up with like i mean you can literally do radiocarbon dating on that and date them mm-hmm. and then like line them up like there is like science like archaeology genuine archaeology that also backs it up but i mean then if they're all pointing the, in the same direction like is that sort of maybe a coincidence no no no, no, no. so the thing is that the different structure like depending on what mega little structure kawinky dink over no, there no 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 randomly placed blocks yeah yeah if they were randomly placed but like if you, you go on some some teenagers minecraft server you know and i, build I, I bet stuff. they're all aligned with the <laughs> procession of the equinoxes <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Well, we might have to modify the thesis to include Minecraft because that is where that's blocks a, are being placed. Yeah. That's true. That's that where work is being done. Blocks are being blocks placed. Are, how did they move those blocks? <laughs> they, they sung them together. Yeah. <laughs> they were sung together. But I mean, it is it is uh, the celestial alignments of all of these megalithic structures around the world are quite uncanny. It is. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know, we don't have a, t- we don't have like an entire like history channel documentary to try to convince yeah. you on this one. Oh, thank God. I mean, You're no, let's continue. Go <laughs> <with it. Yeah. laughs> oh, so I mean, some it. significant things about these, the well-known megaliths are that they do encode certain mathematical properties to kind of communicate that they had ma- uh, under, understanding and advanced understanding of geometry 
like the pyramids, you know, the height of the pyramid is like two pi, the circ the uh, perimeter of the pyramid. So it's like a projection of the top of the sphere of the earth that the, the great pyramid is. And then likewise, these pyramids of the pyramid of the sun in Teotihuacan, um, the height is uh, four pi, the uh, perimeter, I believe. So they also had an understanding of pi, uh, which predates, you know, what our classical like understanding of when pi was discovered by the Greeks. Um, also, as we were as we were talking about, these attempt to like reflect the cosmos. From the past uh, six ages, we were in relation to the skies. We were in relation to like the real, the living on Earth, and so we're like reflecting the cosmos down into these physical structures, these little like rock and earth and mounds that required what a great amount of work, a concentration of all the energy of that civilization. Mm, another trigger word to <laughs> arrange these blocks in such a way where it was like these are clearly going to be gone or like still be here after so I'm dead. To arrange these blocks, huh? After my children are dead, after the children are children, after even this whole civilization civilization just falls apart, right? So that's our definition of a mega structure is something that lasts beyond a civilization, but through which. Is, the, is how uh, subsequent ages even know that the civilization existed. Mm -hmm. So it is the only way to communicate with the future are through these megastructures. Like. And the, the, the megastructures themselves and where they're oriented, how they're, how they're situated, are like a signal that's being broadcast to future civilizations. Mm -hmm. And there, I think there's a theory that uh, the pyramids of Teotihuacan, these arrangements are trying to like encode uh, the, like the orbits of the planets. So like the, if you place the sun at the middle of like the um, center of the patio, I think like the main plaza and then like go out, there's like at the orbit of like the earth and Venus and blah, blah, there's like, you can find the markers and then even like a few kilometers away is where you find like Pluto even. Damn. I'd, have to, I'd have to cite whoa. that, but like there's, there's something there. So they had deep astronomical Shit. knowledge. Wait, even Pluto? Yeah, that's yeah. fucking crazy. That's no, I mean, I will have to cite that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where and why did they have this advanced astronomical knowledge? Where did they inherit it from? I mean, that's the theory of the ancient civilization that was uh, reset, taken out by the great catastrophe. Um, but either way, this was the communication of that. that it was the, the culmination and the peak and the, the concentration of all the scientific and energetic uh, capacity of that civilization. And what's crazy is we don't even know who built these. We associate it with the, the Aztecs discovered it, but they don't know who built mm. it. They just like found it and started doing sacrifices on something. The Aztecs blood. were like the archaeologists. That's how old these are. Mm. That's fucking crazy. They were already like millennia old when they discovered them. And so this is a great example of this civilization is only known because they put together a bunch of blocks in the forest into a shape of a pyramid. Totally. Here's another, uh, a diagram <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, yeah, the, the, the pyramids and the orientation. They're celestially aligned nice. in ways that maybe we don't fully understand. The Sphinx, which, uh, is, is aligned with age of Leo, age of Leo, because was it during the age of Leo that, um, like, I guess that's when, um, the constellation Leo, right, because the definition was rising during the vernal equinox over... And the vernal equinox would have been September 20th. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe. Rewrote Extremely the old. That's not the one... Ah, yeah, that's in Turkey. It's just like a megalithic site. And not, it's not really megalithic. I mean, is there any central, well, large central structure? Well, they're big structure? rocks, so... 
I think it's a megalith. Yeah, there's. Um, it's a little bit hard to see in this particular picture, but these like T-shaped um, monoliths that are stacked on top of each other in a perpendicular fashion um, count as a megalithic structure. Uh, and simply because it, they're just huge rocks. So the reason why is just because it's really hard to move big blocks? <laughs> Wait, the reason why what? Like why like rocks make it a megalith? Like it's like how did they move yeah, the Yeah, how rock? did they I move mean, the word I think lith, it means rock, so it's kind of a definitional issue. Right, right? I should probably know that. <laughs> <laughs> right, lith, lith kind of means, means big rock. You know. <laughs> but that's why we're kind of, we're generalizing it to mega structures. So there might be some structures that aren't necessarily made out of rocks, sure. which are still mega structures, which require immense amounts of energy to be made, and yet they still persist beyond the civilization, even though they're not rock. Right. Um, so that's kind of our, what we're, what we're trying to describe. And so what is like a mega structure of, well, do we have any more pictures? There's a Gobekli Tepe. <clears throat> There's more Gobekli Tepe. Nice. Um, and they were buried. Gobekli Tepe was buried at some point, I think 8,000 BC. So that's why it's so well preserved. It's very odd. Intentionally. And intentionally buried. No, wait, that's literally true, Casey. That's not pseudo history. <laughs> <laughs> How was it buried? They don't uh, know. It just was buried. It, it was intentionally buried. Hmm. And hmm. then they dug it up. Hmm. They wanted it. They wanted to preserve it. They wanted or to, they wanted they, to hide it. Or hide it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another classic Stonehenge. Yeah, classic. Uh, another thing, so Stonehenge uh, is a classic example that the, the megalithic or megastructures have a relationship to time usually. Not just like they're created of that era, but they help define time in that era. They help tell time in the era, right? Stonehenge right. was a way to determine when the um, equinoxes are happening, tell what time of the year it is, but also the constellations uh, like the way they were arranged right back in that astrological age would have looked in a certain way uh, from Stonehenge during those like equinoxes. And you might recall that on the solstices, which are the, there's the equinoxes where the daylight is equal, but the solstices are of course the summer solstice is when the sun is at its highest point relative to whatever hemisphere you're in. And then the winter solstice is at its lowest point or furthest South relative to your, uh, hemisphere and so with Stonehenge in particular but there are many other megalithic sites particularly um, northern European that have the same sort of shape structure and then and on the solstices the sun is coming in right in the middle there so it's all that's that's what Matt means by they define time they're sort of like these megaliths are very uh, uh, they're they're broadcasting calendrical knowledge of like the calendar, like the solstice, the equinox kind of thing. I like that um, this picture kind of looks like a Windows background, but with like Stonehenge. <laughs> you didn't know what it. you were looking at yeah. all those years on Windows 95. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Illuminati right there. What are they trying to say? Exactly. Yeah, what are they trying yeah. to tell us? <laughs> I don't know what the next slide is. I don't want to give it, but it's not the, the finale. Date. <laughs> serpent okay, there's mound. a serpent mound. And, serpent mound uh, I think you had a slide here showing. Yeah. The Serpent Mound Again, is really interesting because, so it's in Ohio, it's sort of, um, it's very enigmatic because people are sort of like, they don't know if maybe it was the Anastasi that built this, they don't really know, uh, they don't know a whole lot about it. It can't naturally occur, obviously, um, like this Serpent Mound, but then when they align, when they look at the celestial alignments, the head is facing the summer solstice. Um, the tail facing the winter solstice and like these, yeah, these three 
sort of bends in the serpent are, are all making celestial alignments, mm-hmm. um, which is odd. I mean, Kawinky I think dink. it makes sense. If you're going <laughs> to invest this much time and energy into making a mega structure, you might as well. Yeah, the energy with nature. Like, why would you not? And I don't know if we, what the next line is, but oh. uh, oh, kind of just like spe- beautifully speculating though, rocks. right? So we have like these, these the components of what makes a mega structure, a lot of energy, a lot of work that doesn't really do anything functional except uh, create something that's lasting, but also tell you, orient you in time in that age. The mega structures of the age of Pisces, what are they? We haven't really built any pyramids since the birth of Christ, but we've built a lot of cathedrals. Mm. But also our mega structure, if it defines time, we could say that institutions are mega structures. And so we're kind of like, is the um, is the institution of of the church, the universal church, a megastructure, or the monotheistic religions themselves a megastructure? Mm. Because they have definitely persisted past the civilizations that birthed them, mm. uh, like the the Roman civilization of the of the Mediterranean no longer exists. Rome itself is just a giant megalith at this point. True. So that was true. a megalith of the age of Aries, like that whole the whole city. Um, the age of Pisces is the beginning of this like leaving of the material and finding the most perfect embodiment of the individual, the man, and right. preparing for a transcendence into the immaterial. And so we have this, this weird kind of hybrid of like material, big stone, you know, references to the, the age of areas, the Roman architecture being used to kind of recreate the classical architecture being used as reference for cathedral building. But really the structure of the cathedrals is meant to house the real megastructure, which was the, the monotheistic religion. The spiritual belief. That became basically, you know, took over the world at a certain point. Again, it's this definition of like the megastructures are meant to broadcast where like the astrological age for future civilizations. Mm-hmm. It's meant to tell you something. It, um, it's meant to encompass and be like a container or the set of all sets. Um, these megalithic structures or megastructures. Sure. So like the megastructures are both like encapsulating the values of the civilization and also it's time and place like quite literally yeah. like by orienting itself along things that represent the time and place in which it was and, built. And in a way imprinting that civilization onto the universe. Of course the pyramids will return to dust at a certain point. So there's like these you know maybe imperfect attempts to imprint your civilization onto the universe materially. Um I would argue that the some of those civilizations have also imprinted themselves onto the, the the holographic manifold of the universe in a way that's much more lasting than a pyramid that that returns to dust. Mm-hmm. And the Piscean Age has attempted that even further by imprinting mm-hmm. on kind of the global consciousness, like the the structure that lives within our own minds. And as we enter the age of Aquarius, the minds that have imp- been imprinted with this Piscean structure seek now to liberate themselves from the centralizing tendencies of that imprinting force. And start imprinting new things, but in kind of you know, under the the um, the modes of being and operating, and living of a of a, an Aquarian age, i.e., through the network decentralization, mm-hmm. um, the connection with like the universe and God being accessible to every single individual, not just mm-hmm. like through a mediator, through the mediation of this institution of a church and a priest and a and a hierarchy. Um, we have some more pictures of some rocks that were placed together. <laughs> <laughs> I think these are in the Andes. And now we're going to get to like, these why are have Incan. I what seen is, these specific rocks before? This is a very famous image. There's not a lot of uh, visual references of, this is called polygonal masonry. And um, it's Incan. Hmm. Um, and there's not a, there's not a lot of, uh, yeah, visual evidence. I wish I knew like the planning process here. 
Like how well, far yeah. ahead did they plan this wall? Like Yeah, that's the mystery. Yeah. That's the mystery. And there are some people who are like, oh, um, there's a lot of different uh, history of art, history of architecture hypotheses out there. But like some people are sort of like, oh, they like eroded over time and then they just kind of like, like slipped down together and then they, and yeah, no. No, of course not. No. no. And so um, there's some hypotheses though that are like, they were sung together. Right. Some sort of like Atlantean technology of sound manipulation was used to fit the blocks My together. My favorite. Go. Naturally. <laughs> oh, I think when, when Matt mentioned that to me, I was like, oh my God, that's why they're the throat singers. The throat singers can like do like, di- uh, like polytonal mm-hmm. singing mm-hmm. and like they, they did it to Can't construct this. No, I mean, I make a sound that's very weird. <laughs> 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 Are you levitating, bro? <laughs> That's no. literally it. No, no it's, it's not what? it. It's not it. I think Isn't I'm just, it? No, I think I'm just making a whistling sound, a weird sound in my mouth, and a sound in my throat. I gotta say, I like these rocks a lot. I mean, I think they're, the polygonal masonry? I mean, that's not how I knew them. I just knew them as these nice rocks that were fitted together really nicely, you know? Yeah. What yeah, I wonder about is, like, did they, they, they needed a wall, right? Did they just get rocks, and then they were like, okay, each rock, how do we cut it so that we can add it to this wall, and then we put it in, and then... To us, it looks a little bit random, but actually it was built up like, mm, mm. <laughs> for scale. Listen, I like a good rock. So, yeah, we, lo- we love rocks here. Um, yeah, these between these two, sli- these two slides, it is a little bit, like this looks very intentional, and it's just like, oh, there was some design choice here, there was some calculations going on, some geometry going on to get this to fit together. But then this is a little bit like, it's a little bit more rough hewn. Um, <laughs> but up. It's, um, We're on Rocky, Rocky, in Rocky territory now. Yeah. Um, where it's like, so okay. Warm, maybe you want this on the rocks? Right, Please. I'm done. I'm done. That was it. That was the last one. That's his contri- contribution to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not <laughs> Um, these are more, uh, it doesn't feel as intentional. Where, where are which, these, by the way? Where is these the pre- are in South America. Okay. Um, they are Incan structures. And um, yeah, this is a little bit more enigmatic, this, this image right here. And it's sort of like, did they come together like fully on purpose? Like, can you really say, like, I mean, it's, can you really say with, or can you derive any evidence to say like this, huge rock right here had to fit together with these two smaller ones. I don't know. To me, that's like the most interesting part of the mystery of the polygonal masonry is like, it's intentional enough, but then there's also an element of like, of surprise. There's mm-hmm. an element of like, you're just like, it's, it's sort of a crapshoot almost, um, which am I ready to unveil? Well, no, I think we should discuss and kind of like uh, spitball a little bit about as we enter this current age, <laughs> right? We already discussed like the the. Um, you said something about the edge before. <laughs> the, so you're like, I'm gonna blow, dude. So, uh, well, I mean, I think I think you'll like this. I mean, this is why we're here. Why are we talking on this fucking podcast about rocks? And, you know, He's real like, rocks. Give me the Bitcoin. <laughs> um, God, I thought I didn't want to talk about ordinals. Yeah. <laughs> when do we get to the ordinal? <laughs> So, all right, age of Pisces, we're coming out of it. There's a clearly a huge mega structure, which will be with us for this, uh, for humanity for a while, even as we exit the age of Pisces, 
because a lot of energy was concentrated and putting in put into it. And I would say uh, the Bi- the Bible is kind of a mega structure, mm. right? That's the mega structure because it exists forever because of the technology we've created during the age of Pisces to reproduce it. It will there never disappear. Crazy, mm. like in, in the in the concept of in the vein of these ideas that are around forever. There's these weird, weird, weird things that are very unassuming, but then they've replicated to an insane degree. Like one example is uh, LibZ or ZLib. It's a compression library. It just happens to be this compression library. And it's like everything needs compression. Your phone needs compression. Every device needs compression. I think it might be one of the most replicated pieces of data on planet Earth. There's like Mm. billions and billions of copies of it and different devices. Um, The Bible is another such example, right? It's the most printed book. Yeah, most printed book for like uh, probably the book with the most extant physical copies ever. Another one that's very obscure. um, I'm going to forget the name, but it's like a, a numbered timing circuit. It's a very, very small circuit. It's made out of like five um, discrete digital logic gates. And its purpose in a, it's, it's, you know, like it's a, you see like a circuit board and you see these little like packaged ICs. It's like one of those. And its purpose is to provide a, a timing signal to, for whatever device you're building. Mm. And this is something common that you need when you're building some kind of electric devices. And it's been, I think, the like most reproduced circuit by far since its inception and it's in like 1970 or whatever when it was designed and it's not like it's it's very simple it's very like elemental and the fact that it is such a good design and that it um is is not this like sophisticated thing that keeps getting improved on improved on improved on it's like no some some engineer sat down in 1970 and like put some digital circuits together and like we still replicate that and it was perfect it was perfect and like the way the blocks came together it was just Perfect. Yeah. One shot. And, and what, <laughs> what was the purpose to, of, what? of those circuits? The circuit the circuit is in every device. I, I mean, almost every device. I wouldn't be surprised if there were literally multiple in devices, probably like 24, but it's to it's produce a, a timing signal. Most electronics okay. Okay. in some it's way need a clock that tells them, you know, how fast time is progressing. Yeah, that's the whole premise of Y2K, right? Yeah. Fascinating. Not quite. It's at a lower level. It's at like, that's like, that's like date. But this is just like, imagine you have this, like we're recording on this, you know, some device. And it has, when you press a button, a light goes on for a second. Well, how does it know a second has passed? It needs some sort of Damn. measurement of time. It's some sort of like physical definition of a second is like oscillations of some yeah. Uh, yeah. element in there. I think, I think actually that is, I mean, and, and this timing circuit, ah, I'd have to, I'd have to look into what it exactly does. I forget if it's a, it's not, I don't think it provides the actual time. I think it provides, or it might, I don't know. Hard to say. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. That's going to be like a fun fact for me now. Yeah. I love these like weird, highly replicated things that are very unassuming. I I like that, uh, that, that are like pointing that out though, because I think it can add to our definition is a mega structure. It could be a single thing that is just permanent. It has endurance or uh, it has duration over time, or it could be something that self replicates. And like, I would say the Bible self replicates because anybody who touches it will then want to replicate it. Like it's their duty to continue printing it. This circuit because of its design it needs yeah. to be replicated and so the certain certain things yeah. uh they don't like each individual does need to persist but it will persist because it like has a mechanism or an incentive structure built in another that causes it to persist and an, replicate and continue forever another self-replicating object is the uh, sm58 microphones that we're all holding other you're gonna beat us <laughs> right? the punchline these, these were these were made in uh invented in when like 19 1960 or something 70 very very old microphones Basically, design hasn't changed at all. And 
we use them in videos and then other people oh. see them in the videos and they think we look cool because we do. I mean, you guys look cooler. I've got this weird yeah, thing on my weird. mic, but you guys look cool. And then they out go out and buy SM58 microphones and make videos. And then the cycle continues. Right. As long so, as we have the eternal need for people with podcasts, we will always we have, have the eternal microphone. need for people with podcasts. <laughs> I've got I've got some like hyper wing nut ways to connect yes. this to our, to yes. our thing because we're all the mega structures that we've talked about are mega lists. They date back to the age of Leo, right? So like what was happening in the previous ages, that cycle, that half of the, of the great year when, when we were all in this like universal consciousness. Well, we didn't need to create a pyramid. We didn't even create houses. We're just like all vibing, right? Uh, we're, we're like one large collective, like biological computer. So before we maybe get to that though, because Maybe we, in fact, are surrounded by the mega structures of those previous ages, but we don't yet have the ability to perceive what they are because they're not material in the way that a rock is. We're still like rock brained. Um, yeah, and we're we in this transition where the rock goes from <laughs> material to digital, right? Uh, so we have the punch, uh, you know, we can start to get to discussing what's the megalithic structure going to be of the age of Aquarius. We're not going to build a pyramid, are we? We're not like, even these, we, these skyscrapers here in the city are going to <laughs> dissolve into <laughs> dust. You? My clothes are going to dissolve. All the buildings that we did, that we create are like a few hundred years and they're going to be either destroyed or they're going to dissolve into the ocean, right? We don't make things that last, physical things that last. But we have our concentrate. We're creating an immense amount of energy with our civilization. I would say most of it's dissipated into like server farms that just create stuff that is eventually uh, deleted. Uh, you know, the heat just dissipates from our houses. So... What are we putting our energy into that persists over time and as a mechanism that self-replicates and as an incentive structure for the civilization that creates it, but not only that, but a civilization that inherits it to continue replicating it. And I pose that to the... I pose that question I mean, for you our host. Know. Okay, okay. Come on. it's Bitcoin. Okay, well, that's not are you, are you ready? It's Bitcoin. We believe... Are you fucking ready? We <laughs> are you fucking ready for this? Oh, right. Oh. Oh. oh! oh my God! Wasn't that worth it? We could just end the episode right here. It's all worth it. All that fucking and, uh, astrological I bullshit. I'm back in. I'm dialed right back in. I wonder what that big one is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What like, could as it soon mean? as you saw the like. The one before, you're like, I like the way that looks. I don't know, I don't know like, where I've seen this before, but it looks familiar. <laughs> yeah, you recognize the polygonal masonry. Right. You recognize the mempool in the Rock, masonry. jolly big penis. <laughs> Literally. Jolly, come back. We miss you. Honestly, I think like the rocks, like Rock Toshi. Right. The transition. So, so just, We're uh, so obsessed put with a bookmark rocks, in that, you though, know? Going back to the Bible, what was the Bible that was not simply um, a mythology of the age of Pisces. Half of it was, but the other half was what? The Old Testament. The Air age of Aries, Old right. Testament. So it, it needed to synthesize and fuse in order to bring civilization. So like civilization. astrologically, is that why the Old Testament is so angry? Exactly. Yeah, that's because it's the age of Aries. It's yeah. like they're all constantly at war. Yeah. It's like you sacrifice rams. You have to kill you know, an eye for an eye before you get to turn the other cheek. So what are we doing here? What was Rock Toshi doing? And what was... You know what the first... <laughs> I think Rock Tussie was just spreading the other cheek. He was like, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if this is true. But do you know? Well, the first book that I saw that was inscribed was the Bible. Mm. I don't know. I haven't seen any other book before that, so I believe it was the first book. Yeah. Could be. yeah. So I, I think what that's was true. Rock Tussie doing? 
<laughs> he was just channeling. He was, he he was, was channeling. He's, he's a <laughs> building. He was building the megalith, the yeah, megalithic structure. He, he was know. hauling rocks. Yeah, and that like thousands of years in the future, they'll be like, "How did they get all How these, did they rocks, these rocks, rocks here?" Together? <laughs> How did they? <laughs> they sung them together. How did they get these blocks all together? Yeah. Uh, wow. And that's the thing that I was getting at too, with like it's hard to tell, it's hard to derive any evidence from the way that this Incan structure looks and saying like, was it really intentional that this one went with this one or was there like some sort of like fate manipulation? It's the same with the mempool. Like that you, you never, I mean, Matt has brought this up before of like, especially with um, a nice little thing we like to call ordinal inscriptions. <laughs> you, when you send When you send an inscription out, it depends on who's mining. It depends on what miner is going to write. So there's an, also an element of like right. fate mixed and I, in I there. I mean, all the rocks from these, uh, these uh, megalithic structures, they were put together in a probably centralized process. A master builder told some people, you move it here. How are these transactions put together? And then how are the blocks constructed? Mm-hmm. There's a consensus. Like there is a, a single block that's produced but it's not a master builder. It's not a master architect. Sort of. I mean, well, well, I mean, is it? It's not a human master architect. Ah, uh, it's complicated, right? Like the, the 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 the. I'm trying to think of the the order of transactions in a block, kind of does matter. And it's done by Bitcoin Core. Like Bitcoin Core, like plucks transactions out of the mempool and picks the order to include them in blocks. But it but Bitcoin Core is, itself is definitely a megalith. It's like a megalith begetting another right. megalith. But Bitcoin Core is, you know, the collection of Bitcoin Core is running on all the miners and, and constructing what the most likely next block is. But you can also have, you know, random out-of-band transactions just shoved in there. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that there's all sorts of, I mean, transaction selection for blocks is actually surprisingly deep. Bitcoin Core does it, but I've been told that Bitcoin Core doesn't do it particularly well. So there's probably other, I wouldn't be surprised if there were other block construction software that we're trying to maximize other goals but but the the kind of point is is like with these rock with the real rocks or the material rocks with the pyramids it's like you knew somebody was like put this block there right now what we're witnessing is a totally new way of concentrating energy into literally stacking blocks where it's not one you know like slave driver master architect whipping and saying put there it's like a collective distributed non-singular non-centralized process that just where from which the blocks just emerge something that we haven't seen in the previous in the previous ages yeah yeah and that goes back to this idea of like one half of the cycle is a telepathic network and then the other half of the cycle is uh individual hierarchy right so in a way we kind of see like the precursors of this coming uh you know next six ages maybe in the way the bitcoin network works the mining the miners are themselves kind of like telepathically communicating with each other by simply being on the same like wavelength about the, the, the consensus, consensus algorithm. But, it's, <laughs> but it's not it's not uh, us yet we're not like fully like yeah. uh Im- like immersed in it yeah. and we're not going to be this generation is not it's going to be like take hundreds of years well and yeah. that's what aaron was bringing up earlier today about um the, well the numerology of bitcoin and then also the idea of um the age of aquarius really coalescing in the year 2100 and like that's when there's gonna like the twenty one hundred is gonna be the year. Like literally, I've seen like twenty one forty like written out verbatim by astrologers as that's being insane. the beginning of the age of Aquarius. And is I'm like, 
they don't know they don't, they don't know. know yeah <laughs> that's that's where aquarian conspiracy comes into yeah, yeah, is, is like you know <laughs> the, is like there's a m- massive connection between bitcoin and astrology and numerology oh, yeah. and and I mean, it's, once you make anything complicated enough it has these these cycles to it right and yeah. then you yeah. can find them right like i found the cycle a, a cycle right in, right right like, yeah and that Anything complicated enough has these cycles. You can find them. It's to me that's like the divine intelligence, like sort of revealing itself through this, and then you have to like channel it. I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. The cycle, like the six, the six, uh, the that the having and the difficulty adjustment. Yeah, every six having yeah. on the same block. I'm really surprised that nobody like noticed that or commented on it. I did like Google searches to try to. It probably out would everybody. take astrologers to really like yeah. care. Yeah, like because what's the point, right? What does it matter? Legendary sets. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you ascribe meaning, right? And yeah, it is. That's why, like, Pierre Rochard saying that ordinals, ordinal theory is astrology for Bitcoin is like, he gets it. Pretty accurate. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't that's realize true. That's true. how much he, you know, he's, he's on I the see money. That point. People are getting say, it. I would say another thing Bitcoin gives us uh, is, okay, so like, you know, early Christians and then deep into the age of Pisces. Pisces and maybe not until the Gregorian calendar. I don't know, but we had a very clear year zero. We say, why is it the year 2023? Because it's 223 years after year zero, which is the birth of Christ. The initiates of the Bitcoin world, they say, what day is it? What year is it? And also what block height it is. They have a a new year zero Mm -hmm. or they have a new, it's not a year because also we're transcending a cosmic, like a a cosmological notion of time cycles. And we're entering into this weird kind of like stochastic, like, digital notion of a cycle and then counting like the number of those things that have happened since the zero point. Yeah. And so we're living in the, that's the, tra- I see that as a transition when like, you know, Bitcoin postcasters are like, oh, block high, so, so, and blah, well, you, and for- this is like something I've really wanted to do with, um, ordinal inscriptions. Someone else can steal my idea and I'll be happy if they do. Like, I'd like to do it, but I don't care. I just want it to happen. I really, noticed this is very much the vibe of inscriptions. People are like, Oh, I had an idea. I have so many ideas. I don't have to, and I can just look at it. Exactly. Literally. Like what I would love to do is I would love to find sats from astrological events important astrological events and then inscribe a chart of the event of that. on that sat yeah oh and just as the mega structures of the past yeah. were tied to the astrological time and place that they were constructed this is what i need to do yes, that, that's, <laughs> wow, that's exactly yeah, what i was that's thinking really because good. like bitcoin right now exists in this embryonic state that's kind of like disassociated and alienated from the material world, the real. And slowly it's accumulated this effect on the real as well as the real affecting it. Um, but right now, just like the you know the pyramids and all these other things which had this cosmic plan imprinted onto it, Bitcoin is like waiting for us to imprint that cosmic plan onto it. Mm-hmm. Or either it waits or it just, it will naturally happen as it emerges. I think that it's gonna, it, it'll, it'll naturally happen. I do, I, my totally like wingnut, Woo woo theory is like if the age of Aquarius really like coalesces or begins at like 2140 and that is like the end of the distribution of all 21 million Bitcoin, that's going to be the moment when it just like naturally like the like the 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 meaning or the zeitgeist the spirit of the time is also going to coalesce like bitcoin as this megalithic structure mm-hmm. is going to start broadcasting its signal mm-hmm. at that moment when all 21 million are there and distributed Slight, slightly less right. than when the entire when the entire value uh, it's system it's actually 2. <laughs> it's actually 2.09909 <laughs> 
something. Zeno's paradox. Yeah, exactly. When the entire uh, value system of the society is dependent on people trading rare luxury Pepe's on the main chain. Luxury Pepe's, I can't <laughs> wait. The also, <laughs> also, wait, uh, this is like a sort of anecdotal. When we were, when Matt and I were working on this and we were talking about like, uh, the Gobekli Tepe inscriptions and people are like trying now archaeologists are like trying to figure out like oh there's a lot of bulls and like carved into these stones and like what could that possibly mean and all of um, really uh, art history of antiquity is uh, is a lot of guesswork where a lot of interpretation where you're trying to figure out the sequence of things like maybe this came before this and like here's our evidence for like why after Nefertiti all things started getting all women portraits started getting uh, represented in XYZ way. So that's all of like ancient art history. What I can't wait for, and I know that you guys have talked about this with regards to ordinal inscriptions is like, so there's the booty tap Pepe's. Have you seen? That's just a real, (laughs) it's a huge, huge leap. What the booty tap Pepe's? (laughs) In, (laughs) In ordinal inscriptions, there's a whole collection of yeah, booty tat Pepe's. Are they? Uh, it's, are like they pepe, it's like Pepe on his butt, and then like a Salvador Dali painting tattooed on his butt. So He's you learn like about classic art by. But what? you said it's a collection. It's, yeah, they're all the same, or no? It's all it's different artworks uh-huh. tatted on their booties. Okay, on the Pepe. What's the <laughs> what's the, like the vibe here? Like so, <laughs> so to me, to me, a, what's are interesting? These erotic. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Okay. It's literally it's like just mooning. a Pepe uh, mooning. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. and then cheeky. it's like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. And and there's like Salvador Dali um on them, on the booties. And what's interesting to me is that those are a sub three hundred K inscription. Like they came out I don't know, like two or three weeks ago. And so in the chronological period of time of things being inscribed i truly do believe my like dream product for ordinal inscriptions is a is a whole uh, a whole a, a product called alexandria yes to, and like my that. and yes. my foundation will archive if any the VCs world. are out there she's pitching yeah this is me <laughs> shilling all right all <laughs> anybody right. please give me some how money how many for bitcoin this? do you need girl let's hear it let's go <laughs> Library of Alexandria on the blockchain. Ooh, exactly. Yeah. That'll That's, make the maxis mad. Yeah. <laughs> Just like at four megs of like Gutenberg, project Gutenberg.txt exactly. files exactly. from now to eternity. Yeah. Um, that's exactly Lock what one, I want. Call me a smile. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's it. Um, but in any case, in because I know that my dream will come true eventually this whole like Alexandria project. Um, but the archiving of like the real Salvador Dali paintings is going to be chronologically after the booty tap Pepe's of Salvador Dali. So well, arch- can you just start that sentence? <laughs> like, I really, every time I really that, thought wait, I, I had it and then it just evaded <laughs> me. Right right you're, you're talking from the perspective of a viewer and we should like explain what that, who that viewer is and, Right, right. So, what does it entail? This conclusion that we have that Bitcoin is a mega structure, perhaps the mega structure of the age of Aquarius. It is the thing that will, uh, after everything else has returned to dust, all the other hard drives have like been wiped clean. Bitcoin will be the only way that future civilizations, thousands of years from now, millennia from now, will know that we even existed. It's the only re- the remnant. How did they? Move it's a good soundbite. Like, how do they move the blocks? And, and why do they do that? Mm-hmm. And so, and it depends. And and the the what humans did in this, what our civilization did, it depend. Uh, w- 
ordinal inscriptions will be that only archive because Bitcoin will be the only thing that is... The paintings themselves will have been returned to dust. Yeah, the they will... Guys, this is really a lot of responsibility. This is pretty deep, pretty deep here. Um, and that's why I want the VCs to entrust their money with me so that I can ar- provide a proper archive. <laughs> uh, inscribe a proper archive. But yeah, so if Bitcoin is the thing that transcends our civilization, is, is the only thing broadcasting the signal to future civilizations, then the archive that is inscribed on the, on the Bitcoin blocks, on the sats, are are that record that it is the library of Alexandria that cannot be burned. It is the record of human of civilization at this time and place. But when you are a future archeologist from the year, you know, you're in the age of Capricorn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 4,000 then, and you're looking back and you're looking back specifically at the chronological order of the inscriptions. What would come before the Dali because Dali has not been inscribed yet. As far as I know, the booty tap Pepe <laughs> of the has Dali. came before. And so future archaeologists the of Pepe, they will think that the actual Salvador Dali painting was an elaboration of yes. the, tattoo. of the booty tap Pepe. Right, they're right. going to be like, wow, Pepe was the God and I, Pepe, they're gonna like, think inspired. Pepe was a God. I'm See, sure. Pepe is a God. Pepe is Pepe a trickster is a God. God. He yeah. is a trickster God. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. So th- there's going to be like booty tap Pepe discourse. Yeah, like archaeologists, there's gonna be, and then, and oh yeah, and then like we had imagined that there's gonna be like this Graham Hancock esque person who's like, no, the Dali came before, and it's gonna be like this hugely contested alternative theory. history. The alternative <laughs> Dali theory. And people will be like, no, Salvador Dali paintings couldn't have come before the booty tap. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, they're they're sub they're sub three hundred k. I mean, they're OG. <laughs> You can't contest the math. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is um, pretty deranged. But I love, I mean, I'm really here for it. And I really believe it, honestly, too. Like, I'm, I, this is like the way that I think about ordinal inscriptions. Like, I'm like graffiti on the megastructure yeah. of the Age of Aquarius. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it can span anything. Graffiti, scribbles, typos. I inscribed a typo the other day. All the way to our, <laughs> our greatest masterpieces or homages to the masterpieces of the previous you age. You want to add mutability to fix things? And I'm like, no, fuck you. You go once, you do it live, and that's how it is. <laughs> First we try. You do it live, bro. Um, I feel like we should we should wrap things up here. But okay. should we talk yeah. about the Aquarian conspiracy? Should we shill? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's shilling yeah. time. Yeah, it'd be shameless. It's you know, come on, let's shill. go. We've given our thesis. You've teased your project. Is there somewhere else people can like read more about this? Maybe at some point, like you've got like literally pages of notes. Like you should just publish these slides somewhere. We might. There, there uh, is talk of a forthcoming essay to be published. Manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Manifesto. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna publish an an essay elaborating on this thesis. Perfect. Yeah, and then um, out. You are part of the Aquarian Conspiracy, I am. Uh, a group of conspiracy, um, a collection of, of uh, astrologers. Astrologers. Yeah, Casey's just supportive. <laughs> I'd say our, our our in light of this thesis, our, our collective goal is to uh, imprint ourselves onto the universe in a way that is appropriate for the age of Aquarius. Totally. And gather a culture around us that wants to do the same. And the Aquarian Conspiracy is this uh, is a group that's that's making the association between Bitcoin and astrology. These associations that are numerological, astrological, we're here to like actually elucidate these 
these connections these yeah. very real connections and i really think like with the beginning of the age of aquarius like we need new myths like we are myth making whether we are consciously aware that we're myth making or not like that is what's happening we're creating new myths of our time and i think uh yeah i'm interested in the project of like doing that consciously and bringing the esoteric like spirituality culture to bitcoin in that um so yeah we have a we have a event during bitcoin week in miami how did it take so long to shill the event we had shilling time and you guys were just like circling the drain like you gotta get to it okay no i know well we have an event may 17th in miami and uh Yes. We have uh it's going to be over in the Wynwood area, I think near the It's the like the Wednesday district. before the conference. Right. Yeah. Very chic area. It's going to be very fun, very exclusive. We're selling tickets very for Very art basel. Uh it's going to be a full <laughs> a full day of talks of astrologers, philosophers, artists. Mm-hmm. Um esoteric and we also, adventures. We, we're, should we talk about the uh, VIP tickets? I don't even know. Yeah, it's your shilling. The I don't, I don't yes. know. They're the ones you <laughs> discussed it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh we you can buy a ticket to the event on May seventeenth. We'll Aquarianconspiracy.org. Mm-hmm. Um it will this be linked. long to say the website. But the- oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. We're bad at shilling. You're trained at this point. You are. Fully trained. Yeah. <laughs> and you can buy a ticket to the event, which will be great. You can also buy we have uh we'll be we'll be inscribing. You can yeah. buy yes. some. You can inscribing buy. all the zodiac signs. All twelve and zodiac signs. If you buy, if you uh, purchase one of the inscriptions, that's a VIP ticket, and that includes a uh, personal reading from one of our uh, incre- incredible astrology hoes, um, a VIP dinner, and attendance to the event. Well, yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I mean. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, it should be a day of uh, myth-making, a day of interesting astrological, esoteric, spiritual topics. Dionysian revelry. Ordinal inscriptions, happy hour. Um, yeah, it's going to be fucking awesome. And, and it's been insane. Like, you know, this is the first time we're even talking about this on How Money, but, like, the interest is already there. Like, we've barely even had to to shill and promote that's why we're so that's bad why we're bad at it, at it because, because people are just so the fucking zeitgeist exactly <laughs> we're tapped in we're tapped in so yeah come if you're going to bitcoin miami you're interested in this this shit come hang out it's gonna be rad it's gonna be rad it will be rad i would say if you're not you're doomed uh to <laughs> perish without uh even a wisp of a memory of you for the coming ages. Wow. Astro- astrologically Whoa. cocked, in other words. Astrologically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> annihilated. You're just going to be annihilated, which I respect. <laughs> That's perfect. Should we end it there? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Matt and Bethany, for coming <laughs> on you. the Thanks pod. For Thanks for this having awesome. us. Yeah. Uh, good excuse to make Casey not talk about ordinals for like an hour. Yeah. Pretty fucking crazy. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye, Later, guys. <laughs>